Good morning, church. <laughs> it's, uh, it's great to be here. I want to welcome those in person and those joining us online. Special welcome to our guests today. I'm Keith Parrish, the executive minister, and it's my honor to share with you today on this Labor Day weekend as we kick off Missions Month here at Northeast. I want you to know that we love the 40509, that God has raised up this church on this corner to be a light to the Hamburg community. So two weeks ago, we did a block party, and I want to thank all of you who volunteered to make that event possible. It gave us an opportunity to connect with our neighbors, to show them the love of Jesus, so we could tell them about the love of Jesus. It was great. We had plenty of games and activities, for, from cornhole to lollipop pulls, whatever that is. Right? I don't know. Right? But there was also great food. There was popcorn, cotton candy, ices, and plenty of hot dogs. I know, because I spent much of my time preparing and serving hot dogs. But I watched and I noticed some people put ketchup on their hot dogs, and some people put mustard on their hot dogs, and there were a few people that put both. Don't ask me why. But I want you to know that we love all kinds of people here. It was over 35 years ago. Janet and I haven't been married very long. I was working for an engineering company in North Carolina, and my boss invited all of his employees and their families to his house to celebrate his birthday. And they had plenty of food, hot dogs. And most of the time, we just sat around eating, sharing stories, and having a good time. And then Janet says to me, she said, will you get me another hot dog with ketchup on it? And they had all the food in the kitchen, so I go over into the kitchen, and my boss had two boys at that time. They were about 8 and 10 years old, and they were kind of segregated to the kitchen, and they had to eat in there by themselves. So I get Janet a hot dog, and I turn to get the ketchup bottle. This is when they came in glass bottles. Do you remember that? So my, I went to get the ketchup bottle, and my boss's 10-year-old son had a hold of that bottle, and he had the end of it in his mouth, and he was sucking on it. <laughs> and then he tried to see how far he could stick his tongue down inside that ketchup bottle. So I went back to Janet, and I said, do you want mustard on your hot dog? <laughs> and she said, no, I want ketchup. And then I said, you really want mustard on your hot dog? And she said, no, I really want ketchup. So I go back into the kitchen. I get a hot dog. I grab that bottle away from that 10-year-old, and I put ketchup on her hot dog. <laughs> and then I go back, and I said, here you go. Enjoy. <laughs> I watched her eat that hot dog, and she said, this is the best hot dog I've ever had. I wanted to tell her the truth, but I just didn't know how. What if she, I didn't know how she would react or how she would respond. Or what would happen if my boss or his wife overheard me telling her this? Would that embarrass them? Would it make them uncomfortable? How would they react and how would they respond? If you've got your Bible or a Bible app, you can turn to Acts chapter 11. We're going to be looking at the church of Antioch. We know that Jesus went to the cross and he died for us. Three days later, God raised him from the dead. 
He would appear to over 500 people over a period of 40 days before he ascended into heaven. Ten days later, on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God would fill the disciples, and they began to proclaim boldly that Jesus is alive. And the church in Jerusalem grew quickly by the thousands, people from all over the world. And we know that Stephen took his stand, and he began to share from the Scriptures, beginning with Abraham, how Jesus was the promised one, the Messiah, our Redeemer. And the church... Some in the church didn't like to hear that message, and they threw rocks at him and stoned him to death. And they began to persecute the Christians. And so many of them would flee Jerusalem. And we know that Philip went down to Samaria, and he began to share the gospel, and many people believed and were saved. And then God led him out to the desert in Gaza, and he met the Ethiopian eunuch who was reading the book of Isaiah, and Philip shared with him and he believed and was baptized. And then at Ethiopian would return and serve in the court of Candace, the queen. We also know by the fourth century in 330 AD that King Azana would make Ethiopia the first country in the world to adopt Christianity as its national religion. Those disciples in Jerusalem, they went beyond Jerusalem and it changed the world. I want you to know that we love the 40509 and beyond. We are not defined by a single zip code. That wherever we go, that we can share the good news of Jesus Christ. I wanted to share with you a zip code map real quick. I don't know how well you can see it, but that large, every red circle represents the people who are active owners or attenders here at Northeast. The largest circle is over the 40509 zip code because that's where many of us live but I want you to notice that we have people who come here every week all throughout Lexington, in fact, from every county that neighbors Fayette County, that we have an opportunity that when we leave this place, we can take the good news and the hope of Jesus Christ into our neighborhoods and our workplaces. Yes, we love the 40509, but we love beyond that. Wherever God leads us, whether it's across the street or around the world, that we are ready to go because we are on mission for Jesus Christ. Antioch was located 300 miles north of Jerusalem. It was the third largest city in the Roman Empire. Only Rome and Alexandria were larger. It was estimated to be about a half a million people. It was a commercial and trading center, but it was known for its corruption and immorality. That's just the perfect place you want to plant a church. And that's what they did. So I'd like to look at uh, Acts chapter 11, beginning in verse 19, and share with you the seven characteristics of the people at a church that's on mission for Jesus Christ. The first one is we pray for the lost consistently. Acts 11 verse 19 says, Then those who were scattered because of the persecution that occurred in connection with Stephen made their way to Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch, telling no one, speaking the word to no one except the Jews alone. That word persecution means affliction, trouble, or distress. There are still Christians throughout the world today that face physical persecution, but for most of us, we will not face that. But we may face trouble and distress or fear whenever we try to share our faith. 
We want to tell someone the truth about Jesus Christ, but we're not sure how. Or we're not sure how they're going to react. Or what if someone overhears us? How will they respond? How will they react? And sometimes it's easier not to do anything. Sharing your faith is a spiritual battle, and that is overcome by prayer. The persecution was the motivation that caused the disciples to go beyond Jerusalem and into their world. What is the motivation that motivates us to go beyond the walls of this church and the walls of our homes? It is rooted in love, but is empowered by prayer. When we start to pray specifically and consistently for someone to come to know Jesus Christ, there are two things that happen. First of all, you are interceding on their behalf. So God starts to move in their heart, in their mind, in their circumstances. But the other thing that happens, it makes you more spiritually aware. So when you go out through your day, you're more likely to see the opportunities God has for you to join him in sharing your faith. It is so easy in our lives to be so busy, so consumed with our agenda that we miss what God is doing. William Temple said, when I pray, coincidences happen. And when I don't, they don't. That's when we pray, we can start to see God move in our lives and we can join him and share our faith effectively. Can you think of someone you know today that does not know Jesus Christ as a personal savior? Would you be willing to make a commitment to pray for them every day? Pray that God will tear down the strongholds in their lives. Pray that God would make their hearts and minds receptive to the gospel. Pray that they will become aware of the need of God in their life. May God move in their circumstances and events in their life. And pray that God will give you an opportunity to show them the love of Jesus so that you can tell them about the love of Jesus. A church on mission for Jesus Christ prays consistently for the lost. The second thing we do is we prepare to share the gospel. If you look at Acts 20, it says, But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks also, preaching the Lord Jesus. That word speaking means having a conversation or to tell or to talk. But notice they go on and talk to the Greeks. They went beyond just talking to the Jewish community. The word preaching here is the same word we get evangelism from. So we know they were sharing the gospel. They were intentional and they were prepared to take it beyond their community and share it with the Greeks that were in Antioch. We need to prepare to share the gospel. In Peter it says, But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense of everyone who asks you to give an account of the hope that is in you with reverence, with gentleness and reverence, always being ready. Are you prepared to share the gospel? If you had an opportunity today to share your faith with someone, do you know what you would say? We need to have a plan. We need to be prepared. We need to be able to share it with our neighbors, to share it with our friends, to share the gospel with people within our family, to share your story. I normally think of it as simple as A, B, C. The first one is, how did I become aware of my need for Jesus or God in my life? For me, it was going to church, and then I began to realize that I was a sinner, and that separated me from a holy God. 
But for some people, they became aware because all they had in their life is hurt and pain, and they believed that they needed God to love them. For some other people, they put all their efforts into work in this world, and nothing would satisfy it, and they needed God to fill that emptiness inside of them. Whatever is your story, you can share. How did you become aware that you needed God in your life? And then B is to believe. What do you believe? I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died on a cross for me, and that God raised him from the dead. And because he lives, I can have a relationship with God through him. That is what I believe. And then the first one is C, how has God changed your life? What has God done? That may have been as soon as you believed, or it may have been over a period of time. For me, I had a very quick and violent temper. I know you can say, I see that, right? But God changed me. He filled my heart with patience, with peace, and self-control. That God will change and transform you. But we need to be prepared to share. A church on mission for Jesus is prepared to share the gospel. The third thing is we depend on the power of God. Acts 11, 21 says, and the, hand of God, and the hand of the Lord was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord. Large number, that means a lot. But notice it was the hand of the Lord on them. It was the power of God working in them and through them to take the gospel to the Greeks. You cannot tell somebody, talk someone into, argue or persuade anyone into accepting Jesus Christ. You can share with them, but it is God working through you and in their heart and their mind for them to know and accept Jesus as their Savior. Paul would write to Timothy, and he says, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. It is love that motivates us to pray for them. It is discipline that causes us to prepare to share with them, but it is the power of God that transforms them. And he says, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Paul knew even in their day, it was easier for us sometimes just to do nothing. But he says, don't do nothing. Share your faith and trust and depend on the power of God. For in God's infinite wisdom, he chose us to share our story with the people around us. Don't miss the joy of sharing your faith and seeing someone come to know Jesus Christ. For the eyes of God move to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking to strengthen him, that his heart is totally committed to him. God wants to work through you. We, prepare, we pray, we prepare, but we trust in God to change people's lives. A church on mission depends on the power of God. Number four, we proclaim the good news. Acts 11.22 says, The news about them reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. God started saving people, a large number. Lives were changed, and that news gets shared. It was heard 300 miles away. There was an article in the New York Times that says, Good news beats bad on social media. Traditional journalism was if it's bad stories that carry the ratings. But what peop the scientists have learned over the last 20 years, they can measure how fast things are liked and shared on social media. And they say good news will travel farther and faster than bad news. 
People want to hear a positive story. They want to hear something that is good. So we will share what God is doing in our lives. We will share what God is doing at this church. I recently heard about a woman who's been coming to the food pantry here on Saturday to get food on a regular basis, and that is good. And then she shared that with a friend of hers who was in need, and she brought her to church to get food here at Northeast. But she told her friend, this just isn't a place where you can get food. Northeast is a place where they will love you. They'll listen to you. They'll pray for you, and they'll share the word with you. That's a story that we can tell. That's a story that people want to hear. I'd like to share with you the story of Franzek Gajanazak. Here's his picture up here. I'm just going to call him Frank. Right? It's easier for me to say. Frank was a sergeant in the Polish army. And then when Germany invaded Poland in 1939, he was captured and became a prisoner of war. He was eventually sent to Auschwitz. And this is his picture there. And then in late July 1941, a prisoner escaped Auschwitz concentration camp. And the next day at roll call, the deputy commander of the camp said because of that, he was going to select 10 men to die by starvation. And so they started calling numbers of prisoners, and each one would have to step forward. And then they called Frank's number, 5659. And he stepped forward, and he fell to his knees, and he cried out, my wife and my children, I will never see them again. And then to everyone's surprise, farther down the line, another prisoner who Frank did not even know, he stepped forward and he said, I will take his place. And that man was Maximilian Kolbe. Maximilian Kolbe was a priest at a monastery just outside of Warsaw. He provided aid to anyone who needed it including the Jews. And for that, he was arrested and sent to Auschwitz concentration camp. But the deputy commander accepted his proposal, and Maximilian Kolbe, along with nine of her men, were marched to a starvation bunker where they were held without food or water. And it was said that every day, the other prisoners could hear Maximilian Kolbe leading the men in prayers and hymns. And then after two weeks, the Germans were surprised that four men were still alive, including Maximilian Kolbe. And they were impatient, so they decided, the Germans decided they would give each man a lethal injection or cabalic acid. And Maximilian Kolbe willingly held out his arm, and he was the last one to die at the age of 47, August 14, 1941. We know that the concentration camps were liberated in 1945, and Frank would survive after being in captivity five years, five months, and nine days. Six months after being released, he was finally united with his wife, Helen. In 1994, at a church in Houston, Texas, at the age of 38, Frank spoke to that congregation, and he said, as long as I have breath in my lungs... It is my duty to tell everyone about the love of Maximilian Kolbe, who gave up his life so I could have life. Our story is too good not to share. For I was lost, convicted in my sins, and then Jesus stepped forward and he said, I 
will take his place. That Jesus has taken your place, that we were committed to death because of sin. We have a story that's too good not to share. And so a church on mission proclaims the good news. The fifth thing is we praise God for what he has done. August 11th, I mean Acts 11, 23, it says, then when they arrived, then when he, that's Barnabas, when Barnabas arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. He saw what God was doing and he praised God. And then he encouraged them, you keep following God. He didn't come from the church in Jerusalem and said, well, you need to be like the church in Jerusalem. You need to follow our agenda and our program. He just said, you keep following God. And we're going to praise God for what God does. We don't follow a church. We don't follow a program. Here at Northeast, we follow Jesus Christ, for he is the head of the church. We're going to follow him. We're going to praise God for every transformed life. We're going to celebrate every baptism, whether it's at this church, a church down the street, or a church around the world. We are not in competition with each other. We have partnered with the churches in Lexington to pray for revival for this city because it's not about a church. It's not about a congregation. It's not about Northeast. It's about God. It's about Jesus Christ being exalted. It's about people coming to know him in a personal way. We can praise God for what he is doing. Did you know that attendance here at Northeast is 20% higher this year than it was last year? Can you praise God for that? Maybe a little lower today, but that's okay, right? Did you know we've already baptized more people this year than we did all of last year? A church on mission for Jesus Christ is one that praises God for what God has done. It's not about us. It's about him. The number six, we have the disciples' personality. If you look at Acts verse 24, it says, For he, Barnabas, was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and considerable numbers were brought to the Lord. Considerable numbers, that means more than a lot. Right? But he was full of the Holy Spirit. That's the personality of all of us as we are disciples following Jesus Christ. I like how Paul makes the analogy in Ephesians when he says, Do not be drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. That means waste. That's just a waste. He says, but be filled with the Spirit. When someone is drunk, they are under the influence and the control of alcohol. But when someone is full of the Spirit, they are under the influence and control of the Spirit of God. When someone is drunk, their behavior is obvious to everyone around them. When you are filled with the Spirit, your behavior is obvious to everyone around you. The Spirit of God will flow out of you so that wherever you go, people will see the character of God. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. People will see God instead of seeing you. And I'm told that if you're drunk, eventually that will wear off unless you continue to drink. 
And just like us, as we're filled with the Spirit, we need to be continued to be filled with the Spirit so that it overflows out of us. And that is done by spending time in God's Word, prayer, and fellowship with God. That if we want to be a church that reaches our community, we're going to be a church on mission for Jesus Christ. You're going to be one where the Spirit of God overflows out of you. Number seven, we, part- we ask others to participate in what God is doing. Notice what it says in verse 25 and 26. It says, And Barnabas left for Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for an entire year, they met with the church and taught considerable numbers. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. It was Barnabas that came along Paul after his conversion to encourage him and to help him to grow. Barnabas knew that God had given Paul the mission of taking the message of the gospel to the Gentiles. So when Barnabas saw Greeks being saved, he said, I got to get Paul in on that. We, a church on mission, we're going to invite other people to join us here in what God is doing here at Northeast. We're not just asking for people to be spectators, but we're asking people to come in and participate, to grow in Christ, to be disciples, to help others to grow so that maybe the community could see us, not just Christian on the name of the building, but they'll see Christ in us, that we will be different, that we're going to ask others to join us. So a church on mission invites others to join them in what God is doing. How can, how can they call on him unless they believe? And how can they believe in him who they have not heard? How can they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. When we're a church on mission, we're going to go beyond the 40509. We're going to go wherever God leads us, across the street or around the world. It was the church at Antioch where Paul launched all of his missionary journeys, where he would go to places like Lystra, Ephesus, Philippi, Thessalonica, Athens, Berea, Corinth, and even to Rome, that as he went, he would help develop leaders, plant churches to make a difference, not just at the church at Antioch, but around his world. He would grow people like Luke and Timothy and Titus and many more to share the gospel wherever they went. It says, we love the 40509 and beyond, wherever God leads us in this world. Our mission is to love God, connect people, make disciples as we go. So I want to encourage you to share your story. Be prepared. Pray for the lost. Go wherever God leads you. Invite others to join us in what God is doing here. Depend on him and give him the praise for everything he does. I'd like to close by sharing with you just a few things of what God is doing here. I have a slide that says uh, North, Northeast Missions. I want you to know some of the things that God is doing here. I mentioned the food pantry The food pantry serves over 100 families a week, meeting the needs of those in our community. This is not just an opportunity to meet needs, but it's an opportunity to meet people, to share with them the gospel, share with them God's word, to pray with them, encourage them. We're just not about giving away food, 
but we want to change the hearts of people around us because that is our mission. We support the Lexington Rescue Mission that provides meals in our community. It helps people find housing and employment in the hope in Jesus Christ. We also work with Church Under the Bridge, providing a message and a meal to the homeless in our community. We partnered with the Bluegrass Christian Camp, helping to support that organization as they provide a place in our community for the youth to come have a safe place, an engaging place where they can come to know Jesus Christ. We support Christian Student Fellowship and the Fellowship of Christian Act, uh, Athletes on the campus of University of Kentucky. We also help with Assurance for Life, helping in Lexington, meeting the needs of women who find themselves in a crisis pregnancy. We also Support the Generations Church. It's a church plant in Vancouver, Washington, taking the gospel across our great country. We are doing all of these things, not just to be busy, but we're going where God leads us, to take the gospel to a world that needs it. We also support several families through Pioneer Bible Translators. They're taking the gospel to unreached people groups. Just a couple of weeks ago, we prayed for Stefan Kearns and his family because this is their home church. They went back on mission to South Africa with Ethnos 360. They are planting churches and developing leaders to serve in their region of the world. City for the Nations, an organization that was started here in Lexington with the idea that we'd take a city and partner it with an unreached people group. So Lexington, they started with Lexington trying to get the churches in our community to pray for the lost and also provide financial support for the nation of Nepal. Nepal only had about 5% of the villages in Nepal had a church. And so their vision is to raise up leaders, plant a church in every village in Nepal so everyone has an opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And their vision is to plant a church in every village by the end of 2027. That is over 77,000 new churches. God is going to move and do amazing things through that organization. And they've also expanded it. Well, now they've partnered Richmond, Kentucky with Niger. They partnered Birmingham, Alabama with Chad. Jacksonville, Florida with Thailand. And they continue to grow as the idea of let's get churches in one city to have a mission for an unreached people group. Then SEND International, it was already mentioned, Anthony and uh, Katie Smith, uh, they're working in Japan trying to share the gospel. Only 3% of the population in Japan are believers in Christ, and they want to expand that number. They're currently on furlough, and they will be here next Sunday with us, and you can sign up to have breakfast, breakfast with them and listen to them share what God is doing in Japan. Remember the Children, an organization that's doing orphan care as well as church planning and leadership development in Romania. And over the last two years, they've also done uh, meeting the needs of Ukrainian refugees that come into their country. And it's a great organization. Chal Knox, who spoke earlier with Lemonade International, meeting the needs in, in the inner city of Guatemala City, some of the poorest places on the earth, helping meet their needs physically but also trying to give them an education to lift them out of poverty. 
And every year we partner with Lifeline where we pack meals that can go out into the mission field. This is where we take a bag and we put in rice, we put in beans, we put in preservatives, and we put in all of those ingredients. We seal that meal and then it's ready to be shipped out. And as I said earlier, our plan is to pack 30,000 meals, more than we've ever done before. And you can sign up and be part of that. Will you give 90 minutes of your day on a Saturday to come here and pack meals? So sign up for that event. It's great. And all of those meals are going to go to Lemonade International in Guatemala City. Meeting the needs of people, showing them the love of Christ so we can tell them about the love of Christ. Crew, have families we support there, meeting, taking the gospel to Middle Asia. And so God is taking the gospel around the world, and we support all of these groups. And uh, Psalms 82.3, orphan care, medical care, education in Libya. These are just a few of the things that God is doing through Northeast. And I want to thank you for your commitment, your generosity, your support, your prayers, because our mission isn't just the 405 or 9. Our mission is beyond. Wherever God leads us, wherever he calls us, we want to follow him. For that is the heart of the church. And that is our mission. Pray with me. Dear God, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for your love for us. Father, I thank you that you have given us a heartbeat just to follow you wherever you go. Father, search our hearts. May we just pray more for the people we know that don't know you. Father, may you give us the courage and the boldness to share our faith, to share our story. Father, we want to praise you how you're changing lives in our community and around the world. That it is great what you are doing. Father, we just love you and exalt you. In Jesus' name, amen.